never give up. I never give up. I never give up. Hi guys, welcome back to Neff Inspiration, my show on YouTube and as a podcast with me, your host, Stefan Neff. Today is another fantastic day for an interview, and I'm really looking forward to this interview. I've got Juan Santos with me. Juan is a, is a man who has figured out that one of the key things to living your life to the fullest is really the topic of communication, of relationship building, of actually going out there and creating a world that is worthwhile living in and not just taking it for granted and just see how we go. So welcome, Juan. I can't wait to explore the topic more with you. I'm excited, <laughs> eager, ready. And I, lo I love the introduction. I'm listening to it. And I'm like, who... Oh, is, is that me? <laughs> <laughs> well, you are, you are, because you have figured that out. But I mean, how did you get there? Uh, I mean, you don't wake up one day and then as an eight-year-old, you go to your mom, hey, mom, I know what I want to do. I will teach <laughs> other people how to have better relationships. That doesn't work. Oh, no. yeah. <laughs> so how did it start? You know, that's a, it, it, maybe I could start with, I'm not there. I'm, I'm on this trail. Right. And it, it's a long ass trail. <laughs> and I like that because that's what makes life so enjoyable. Yeah. And it's not a dead end. Right. It, it's this really long trail and I'm on the trail and I'm enjoying it. And there's ups like valleys, there's ups, there's downs. And uh, there's, there's you on the trail. And there's so many of us on this trail. And along the way, I've learned some things. And I've been, I think I've been very blessed to be able to have this platform, platform of being able to go through uh, school, right, get education, find myself clinically working with individuals, find myself coaching individuals, um, not just in the US where I'm at, we're all over the world. And it's less about me, and more about all of these individuals that have walked into my life and have provided mentorship, have been able to say, here's what I've learned. And me, in my heart, I've always been curious. I've always been curious, I've always been interested. And I've been very thankful to sit down with individuals who are willing to listen. Maybe they're stuck in some sort of way. And I'm sharing with them, you know, here's something I learned at school. Or here's a book that I read. Or here's something one of my mentors shared with me. Or here's where I stumbled in life. And maybe you don't have to stumble. Let me share this with you. And we build this relationship. And then they're able to move forward in a healthy, positive way. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to say, I just want to throw it out there that I'm a guru or I know every single thing out there, you know, I'm going to hold down my humility. I'm going to hold it down. I'm going to hold down that I am. I, there's a lot of things I don't know. Hell yeah. Oh, I hear you, brother. And that's exactly that. But at the same token, um, once you create the habit of expanding your horizon of being thirsty and hungry for, for betterment, for learning more about yourself, that is when people become dangerous because they change they yeah. they grow um often enough however it takes events in one's life that make you stop in the track where you were on yeah. um i had heaps of trauma that let me down the route of trying to escape my reality and then later on make me essentially the, the man I am today, the man I can mm. be proud of, uh, warts and all. <laughs> so yeah. what yeah. were the events that shaped you? Yeah, that's a wonderful question. I, 
I guess like many, I've, I've had my fair share of events, you know, events of migrating here as a child from mm. Dominican Republic to the U.S. Mm. And, and that was a journey of its own. Um, there, I, I came as a child, but I, I remember a lot of the culture, a lot of the environment, and then having to come to this new place. Mm. Goodness, you know, I remember sitting down and not knowing the language and feeling mm. so lost. Mm. And, and it was, it was a, a sense of loss of isolation where there was this difficulty of connecting with others, almost as if something was wrong with me. Uh, and I, at that age, I, I, I didn't know how to share it. I really, really had those skills. So I kept a lot of that to myself. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's one item, right? One item in, in my fabric that we call my life. And many of us have many items in there. And I just want to point to that one as that one has impacted me in a manner where I often think about how many individuals go through things that we have no idea about, right? They, they walk by and they look like they're doing great, but we have no idea if they're doing great. And that item I keep with me as this really loud, loud, mindful voice that says, do not judge others, right? Do nice. not nice. attack others. Be, be open, be curious, listen. And I try to teach that to others mm. where I encourage them to look at, you have your voice of judgment on one end and you have your voice of curiosity on the other. And, and which one's going to increase your heart rate? Which one's going to increase your blood pressure, your level of stress, right? We, we know it's a voice of judgment. Uh-huh. And that's that relationship they can build with themselves to become closer and closer, right? To that, that what we call your, your better, your stronger version. No, beautiful. When you when you arrived, how old were you? I was six, right, right around turning on seven. So I think I, I was around mm. second grade. Right. Coming in. And you can imagine that this is not a an age where children are very kind to each other, and where they are ready. <laughs> exactly. Did you? Yeah. I mean, there, there are two two aspects here. On the one hand, there is children being nasty to any outsider regardless mm-hmm. of of race and then there is racism um yeah. did you what were your experiences there you know there was there, there was a mixture um in full transparency there was a mixture of and, and now looking at it from an adult i'll, I'll share that i think I, I don't think that any of those individuals were malicious often think that we do what we do and we go through what we go through based on the skills and knowledge that we have and the environment that we're exposed to. Mm. So I did experience a fair amount of racism and discrimination and kind of being pushed away into certain spaces. Uh, and it hurt and, and, and it was painful. And I remember having that option. You know, it's interesting you bring it up. I could, I could almost picture myself there as a child. Mm. I remember having the option of going, this is how I feel. Do I want to use this feeling like in a way of attacking them too? Well, right. Ping pong match. So I want to do that. And I remember I didn't do that. I just kept the feeling and I kept it to myself because I didn't know what was on the other side. I didn't know what to do. It wasn't later until adulthood that I realized that I could have that feeling and I didn't have to act on it in a negative way. Right. I could journal. Wow. I could go exercise. I could go talk to a counselor, a coach, and really allow it to flow out of me. Wow. Wow. Um, that 
there you were definitely a stronger young man than I was. Um, I took all these kind of insults as uh, as personal attacks and felt deeply upset with shame, guilt, and all these kind of rubbish feelings. Did you have a role models? I mean, your parents would have gone through a similar assimilation, mm-hmm. a, f- a similar journey. How did they respond? Yeah, you know, I don't recall like strong sit downs, right, with my parents on those topics. There was a lot of the immigrant mentality of perseverance. You have to keep going. So I think that was instilled in there, just seeing that they kept going. And I looked at that as a kid and I said, I got to keep going too. Now, I do remember I had this guy who would come to our school. And all I could tell you is that his first name was John. And he was tall, tall guy. And he would sit with me. I don't know how often. And he would sit with me at lunch. And he would have these conversations about life and building healthy habits and goals and reaching them. And and I'll tell you that to today, I'm 34 years old. And it stuck with me many of those messages where that that answers that question that you have of did you have a mentor those conversations i had with him and and what i remember now is that first name right the first name john there's a gratitude that i have there and something that i've done with that is i've looked at how can i Uh how can i be that for as many people that are willing to sit with me as possible Right. I, I don't need them to know my first name or my last name or anything else. As long as there's that message, I can leave that they could move forward in a healthy direction. Right. That's good enough. Wow. Who was that dude? Was, was that someone who was actually brought in by the school to specifically maybe help yeah. um, um, children who are new to assimilate? Or um, was that... Was it an? Yeah. I mean, I'm extreme now. Was it an imaginary friend? Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I ended up later on as I got older. Um, yeah. I think during like my undergraduate uh, study, or maybe it was during my master's, one of the two. I did some digging, and then I found out that the school had, I guess, like these peers or mentors who would just pop right. in, huh. and, and they could have ranged from being the parents of other kids to yeah. community leaders. Uh, but there was that's as far as I went. Oh, I think there was cool. something in me that I think there's something in me that didn't want an over amount of detail. Okay. Like what I received felt good enough. Beautiful. Beautiful. But it left a deep, deep impact in you. And then oh, it, le- yeah. led you to become in turn uh someone who is willing to share things and passing it on and mm-hmm. passing it forward i guess how beautiful is yeah. that wow yeah cool so that was school um so from from a kid who couldn't speak the language um was insecure yet actually mature beyond uh its peers or his peers um because of the way you were able to actually keep those emotions um don't let the anger come out mm-hmm. um having said that i mean are you a hothead nowadays <laughs> <laughs> my hothead now and day you know let's let me, let me go back to that for a moment 
and this is the like my clinical brain here. Um, I'm I'm a big um, nerd, if you will, when it comes to studies. Like I I like to read, I like school. Uh So I was fortunate enough to have the opportunity to go all the way through a doctorate. And I think looking back, what I did is called suppression, Hmm. right? Emotional suppression. And it's probably exactly what a lot of your listeners are thinking. It's where you, you feel something and then you just hold it in and you kind of box it into this little bubble and it doesn't come out. But then it can come out later or it can come out in other ways or we exactly. create a meaning for it, right? We say, well, I'm, I'm just dealing with it and, and it's fine. And then as we get older, we learn that if we go through something shitty, we need to find, you go shoot a game of basketball, find some sort of healthy way to release that feeling. Um, so, so I think that that's something that I, I did early on. And I, I see that in a lot of individuals that I work with. Um, interesting enough, it, common in adults where we suppress a lot of what we go through. We have a hard day at work and we suppress it. We mm. go through something in our marriage, suppress it. It's mm. trauma, suppress it. And it's this sense of, I think, survivor mode that we mm. go into. Mm. Um, nowadays, no, not a hothead. Um, I guess I'd describe myself as somewhere in between like a introvert and extrovert. I, I like to hang out and, and read. Um, I also like to, like today, today I was playing some pickleball. So today I played pickleball and hanging out with another dad and it was him and my kids. Um, <laughs> no, no spouses there, just two dads bringing uh, kids in, nice. trying to have a good time. Nice. Okay, so actually a very balanced approach to life. Um, see, that makes you quite an, a unique uh, unique human, as far as I'm concerned, because all the people that I know um, are a little bit more <laughs> unbalanced, shall I say? <laughs> bit of a bit of a... <laughs> if I just scratched them a little bit, if I just pressed the right button, if I was still stupid enough, yeah. they would very quickly explode. So mm. I don't know how you managed that from an early stage, but uh, I'm I'm a little bit jealous, I guess. But then, they... <laughs> oh uh, no, you know, envious. There... Envious is oh, there are things that I think can get me to that point. Right. The I'm, I'm fortunate that I work in a field where I'm consistently working with individuals, whether it's one-on-one or groups um, or organizations on mental health, like yeah. the big topic area of mental health, building better relationships, addressing suppression, building healthy habits. So mm-hmm. it's just over and over and over in there. Um, and I think, the, the other area, and maybe it's, it could be an interesting one to your listeners, is boundary development, mm. right? Boundary development is extremely difficult, but you could picture it as you have this house and it's your house and you decide who you let into the house. Now, nice. sometimes what happens is you may let the wrong person in who comes in walking with muddy shoes and messing everything up. That's going to increase the likelihood that you're going to be a hothead. And it's because you're exposing yourself to too much of that toxic environment. So by working on boundaries, you got this house, everyone's going to knock and you get to decide how close do you let them into your life? And we start really building a healthy uh, environment and relationship utilizing that strategy. I love it. 
I love it. And that is exactly the, the skill we need to develop. Uh, but for that, we need to stand still. For that, we need to actually yeah. stop for a moment, stop getting distracted, stop mm-hmm. uh, watching our phones, stop watching crap on tally. Um, you're yeah. so right. Um, again, though, what made you come to those to those conclusions because remember you you were still that kid at school yeah. you were still trying to to uh mm. fit in i mean yeah. you were you were a bright young boy so you quickly actually would have learned the language you were fully mm-hmm. immersed in it so it was you know within a year or so you would have yeah. been no longer mm. such an outsider um and then but it's one thing to assimilate is one thing to be uh, become part of a group. It's another mm-hmm. thing to actually then make that a livelihood. To actually yeah. say, "Well, I want to go down that route." What led you to that decision? The decision of where I am today. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think it's necessarily one um, decision or one big event that took place, but um, more of a an accumulation of them. You know, consistent addition of ups and downs. I want to mention downs too, Hmm. Um, where going in, I was very fortunate to have what's called an ESL. I think it's maybe ESL or ESOL, uh, basically English for um, uh, non-English speakers. So went in there and had wonderful support, you know, wonderful mentors who um, brought me in, taught me the language, a lot about the culture. And that added to again, where I am today, really looking at the impact of others taking time to help you move forward. Mm. Um, I got into a lot of sports, um, soccer, baseball, wrestling, that taught me a lot about the impact of less I, less focus on me, (laughs) which which is is interesting. Later in adulthood, I read a book by, I believe, uh, Dale Carnegie. I think it's um, How to Win Friends and Influence Others. I believe that's the the, the, uh, title. And in there, there was, a, I think, a research study or a survey they pulled uh, from the phone line. And the most consistent or common term used was I or me. So it shows you how as a society, we are <laughs> we're really focused on ourselves. Um, and as a fun experiment, I always share with those that I work with. I go, when you go around for a week, talk to people and start keeping note how often they ask you about you. And you'll find that a lot of people don't do that. You may do it, but you'll find a lot of people do not do that. Um, and, and it's not a malicious thing often. Yeah. Um, I think that comes with our ego and a whole different psychology conversation there. So sports helped a lot, uh, built a lot of strong friendships, understood the importance of friendship, um, understood the importance of listening to a coach. <laughs> and that, I'll share with you, that's, that's where I got hot-headed. I remember many times I would, be in a sport and i'm like i know what i'm doing and then you have the coach there and they're saying no i want you to do this and and that's a life lesson you know we are consistently in spaces where we think we know what we're doing and there's that person there that goes i've been through that i've been through the same thing you're doing and it's and and those those lessons stuck with me i've been able to silence my ego silence my pride silence my voice and no i didn't do it right away or the second time or the third time (laughs) so that's where you know there was hot head moments there where i fell down Uh, where i got myself into rough spots and those when we fall we're often down there and we can see everything up and we start to learn and (laughs) we start to go oh i I missed that uh, 
That's interesting. That's interesting. How does that though fit with the attitude of your parents, the perseverance, the probably trying to avoid attraction, the wrong kind of attraction, probably trying to avoid or trying to be driven by shame yeah. and guilt. There would have been other other things early on in your life that would have been laid down as mm-hmm. maybe the rules of your parents. Yes, Yet yeah. you are a very enlightened person, so to speak. So there must have been a clash there. There, there was a clash, you know, growing up as a immigrant um, from first generation uh, college graduate, first generation, many, many variables there. Um, none of my accomplishments would have taken place without the work of my parents and those mm. before them. Mm. You know, I I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for all the people that made my quote unquote difficult journey mm. less difficult. Mm. And 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 I and I consistently remind myself of that. You know, I look at myself going to school and I go, man, what a difficult journey. <laughs> but then I think about civil rights leaders oh. who here in the in the U.S. fought for right inclusion, and and I and I think man, it would have been much more difficult to achieve what I achieved under those circumstances. So I consistently remind myself of that. And going into that clash, I think one of the areas that I clashed at um, is there's the mentality my parents gave me of become a professional. And it's interesting because become a professional often and the mentorship I received from them focus heavily on education. Whereas as I got a bit older, the entire focus wasn't on that. You know, there, there was, I, like, I, I enjoy other aspects of life that don't necessarily have to do with that one, mm. um, such as volunteering, maybe giving back, um, maybe not taking the school route and trying things a little more, school the hard knocks, <laughs> if you will. So, so there's, there's a clash there. And I think that comes mainly because of a lot of their sacrifices. You know, both both of them left their home country in their 30s. So I try to think about that, you know, if I'm I'm 34 mm-hmm. and that's me building this whole life here that I have. And then at this age, going to a whole different country, saying Absolutely. bye to all my friends, Absolutely. leaving all of that. And, you know, I, I could imagine the pressure I would feel and that I would give to my kids so that they can make what I think are the right decisions to move forward. Mm. So I think within that, there's natural just to be clapped, to be a, there's, it's natural there to be a clash, but maybe the message is not from a malicious point. Mm. Absolutely. And, and I absolutely give that to absolutely every single parent, no parent, unless they're psychopaths and sociopaths, um, will get up one moment, uh, one morning and say, hey, today, I really going to stuff up my kids, I really mm-hmm. going to make them miserable. I don't think anyone yeah. will do that. But they will, mm-hmm. they will have a strong set of beliefs that was placed on them through their parents yeah. and their upbringing. So there's that intergenerational trauma that yeah. inevitably is there. Yes. Um, Plus, then in your case, you have got the issue of racism. You have got basically an, an, a very tumultuous uh, background that could have so easily uh, mm-hmm. spun out of control. And therefore, it yeah. is so intriguing for me to hear such a beautiful success story um, when so many of of mm-hmm. the other of your peers uh, who have gone through similar things ended up in very different shoes, ended up in very yeah. different situations. 
Um, and that's what I tried to figure out. What the hell is the what made you different? Um, yeah. And what can be learned from that? And yeah. it it is it's beautiful to see i mean wow and it's basically the emphasis on communication it's the emphasis on um on stopping first thinking yeah before you talk i think that is the one thing that you did yeah. very well from an early stage onwards um wow and groups i, mm. I think that that's another one uh, i was recently looking at some um research that had to do with longevity Mm. Uh, being able to live a long, prosperous life. And if your listeners are interested, take a look at what are called blue zones. Blue zones are these areas all, all across the, the, the world where individuals are up there in age, you know, 70, mm. 80, 90, 100, living, living strong lives. Yeah. And what's found in these areas is community. Mm. Community, we bring that to a simple um, term here with, with our conversation on the podcast, and that's surrounding yourself with people that are going to call you out on your bullshit, People that are going to love you and be there for you. People that are going to, you know, walk with you. People that are role models. Mm. And really surrounding yourself with that space. That That's an area that I consistently look across my lifespan. Mm. And, and I do it with even with the individuals that I work with, where we're sitting yeah. down and we're working on some sort of goal. Maybe they're wanting to improve their relationship or stop yeah. self-sabotage. So what we do is we can draw a circle and on this circle, we put their name on there. So their name's Bob, we draw Bob and then we draw lines that go out. Mm. And I say, Bob, I want you to write down all of the people closest to you. And then they jot down all those names. And then we keep jotting down names that go, you know, second layer to you, third layer to you. And then I go, Bob, I want you to be very honest with me. I want you now to draw maybe a star on the ones that call you out on your bullshit like they 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 do that when, when you are saying you can't do something but you, you can they're honest with you in, in a very healthy way mm. put it put, put another star on the ones that are supportive or compassionate and then we start to find that not all of them have stars and then we talk about the ones that don't have stars and we start finding out that those individuals may be relationships that need to reach what's called a necessary end. You know, there's there's seasons in life, fall, <laughs> spring, winter. Oh, I and love it's it. such, it's so difficult, right? Oh. And, 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 and I've been there before, and this is a private story, so I'm not going to share it here, but I've been through a story where I've had a friend that I had for so long, and we just got to this position where they didn't have that star on that paper based on what took place. Yeah. and we reached the necessary end. And then you, you feel so much pain. Like I still feel it now. And you have this, you have this, what if, like you wish it would have worked out, but life is what it is. Exactly. And being able to have that hard conversation. So I had that hard conversation with that friend and said, look, here's what we got to do to make this work. And then they just weren't willing to make those changes. And, and that's okay. That just means that we're not going to remember that trail I talked about. That means that that trail that we were once on, Maybe now you're going to go one way. Now I'm going to go the other way. I wish you the very best and I love you. And I hope all great things happen. And I have that conversation with those that I work with. And then what we do is we implement it in a way that we measure it. So once they reach a healthy, genuine, necessary end with that relationship, we meet back up around like three months. 
and we evaluate what change has happened in their life from doing that positive act. And it's it's beautiful and there's so much pain in there, right? There, I'll sit with there and sometimes there's there's crying, sometimes there's hurt because right, we, we love other people, we care about them and that's good. That means, hey, your heart's beating, you're a human, that's good. They also share the transformation that's happened in their life. Like how many more positive things are taking place? And, and that's the impact of the circle you surround yourself with, your community. Mm-hmm. Wow. Bloody hell. Um, difficult conversations that you're highlighting that. But we all have had them. Um, some yeah. of them are natural. And I like the way you say that. I mean, I certainly as a young man, I had two very, very good friends uh, in university. But we all lived our lives. And I feel that mm-hmm. my life has very, very taken a different trajectory to a degree that that there is actually no more connection, really, with those mm-hmm. people who were incredibly close to me at a stage yeah. in my life. Um, and it, I think this is one of those things. And that is just a natural development uh, with yeah. me moving abroad, with me growing in a different way than they grew. Um, the leave alone then when there are massive changes are occurring, such as, for example, you having escaped your reality with gambling, sex, drugs, alcohol, and then get sober. <laughs> so mm-hmm. you're a chattison about 90% of the people that you call friends um, yeah. at that moment in time. So, but then again, these changes are necessary and are mm-hmm. sometimes it's just just as much as you you have to go for your pantry and your 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 fridge and from now and mm-hmm. then you find things in there that are not so nice and a bit hairy and a bit stinky yeah. and they need to go and yeah. we often don't do that with our relationships correct wow wow okay but yeah. how do you do that how do you do that with with um with people because many of us there is a two-way relationship. Uh, yeah, there yeah. is a very much we're leaning um, on on the other person there, and yeah. I mean there is. It's not just uh, us being strong and yeah, and being yeah, not yeah. the other one in the in the in the relationship. It is a freaking codependence. How do you exactly. recognize, how do you recognize that there is a codependence? You know, and, and that's why I start with that activity. It, mm. It's powerful when you put something in front of somebody. We can talk mm. about it all day. Mm. But when you put it in front of a person, mm. there's this, you, you're facing your reality. Mm. And what we do is we go exactly what you went to. We go into that codependency. So once we find those individuals that don't have that star, mm. right? And they're able to say, you know what? This relationship isn't healthy. Mm. We look at this lean that they have, right? This codependency. And then I begin to work with the individual on being honest. Mm. I go, hey, there's, there's no one around here judging. It's just you and me. Mm-hmm. Right. And even even whatever you say, we don't have to do, but let's be honest about what needs to be said. Mm-hmm. And then they share that honesty. And, and, and it's difficult, right? They go, you know, okay, I, I need to stop. I need, I need to cut this person off. And sometimes they'll use that word, I need to cut this person off. And then they go, shit, I shouldn't have said that. That sounds really effed up. I go, mm-hmm. be honest. Just just say say what you want to say. There's just no one here. Yeah. Right. So from that point, we start to look at the codependency, which can translate into a space of you rebuilding your autonomy 
a space of you learning to give yourself what you could have always been giving yourself. But here's a fact about life. We come into this life, right? We come out the womb and we come into this life and we're crossing our fingers and we're hoping that those, our microsystem are giving us the tools that we need to move forward. Mm. And life can be a B and we can look at those cards that we have and we're like, man, I wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't dealt. Although I want, I want more aces, but I don't have all these aces. I got some low twos. <laughs> so I work with them. I work with them on building healthy habits. Yeah. I work with them on removing resentment and, and working on forgiveness. Like Batman's got a tool belt. We build a tool belt. Mm. And what, what happens over time is they start to trust themselves and they start to realize that, yes, there's codependency in the relationship. And once they rely on themselves, once they build these tools, they themselves start to break those chains of codependency. Mm. And they start to realize, hey, what is in this relationship? Mm. I'm able to now see the harm of it, the toxicity of it. Mm. And there's a beauty in that because the individual is often able to, on their own, make the decision to go in a different direction. And then and, and that's such a powerful thing to see, a powerful thing to witness. Isn't it? It is beautiful. And it is, it is one of these habits um, that you can learn or one of the mm -hmm. skills you can learn to actually develop this awareness of yourself. Yeah. And then the first time that you do something, it is incredibly hard. Yes. The next time around you come across similar circumstances, it is much, much easier. And that's yeah. where, that, where you can break molds. That's where you can break um, sometimes very toxic repeating themes like the yeah. classic um overpowering and abusive father uh mm -hmm. where then a young woman cons continues with very toxic and abusive relationships throughout her life yeah. not realizing what is going on uh, yet once you actually highlight that once you bring that actually out in people and you see that ah, moment yeah. that is where the lights go on that is exactly. where the power starts and that's, yeah. yeah, but then again, I mean, that is very hard to do when you have no clue. You can read as many self-help books as you can, um, whilst you might get a bit of an inkling, um, as long as someone actually guides you and maybe coaches yeah. you towards, towards activities that help yeah. you to understand and bring an abstract concept clear mm -hmm. into your life. Um, yeah. It's hard to do that alone. And I think that is where the yes. power of a coach comes in, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. You, you know, you're right. And there there must be like a humble factor in there. Sometimes we forget that these are actual skills. Right? Mm. It's it's difficult. When, when you picture it from a very simple perspective, and you think about a parent, right? a healthy parent teaching the child how to build a boundary, right? And the parent says, listen, Timmy, I noticed that when you're over there in the playground, all those kids are blank, blank, blank negative. You know, one thing that you could do, Timmy, is you could, you know, you could learn to walk away, mm. right? You don't have to keep yourself in that zone. Mm. So ta-da, the parent is teaching something now. And then Timmy goes and he practices that skill. And then the parent reinforces it by going, hey, I just saw what you did. I'm so proud of you. How mm. do you feel about what you did? And then Timmy goes, you know what? It was hard at first, but I'm proud of myself too. Yeah. So now he builds dignity. He builds integrity. He builds yeah. self-respect. He starts to learn this skill. And over time, because Timmy's just seven, over time, he starts to sharpen the skill. And before you know it, the skill is big. It's, it's looking like Arnold Schwarzenegger's bicep. 
right, back in the day. It's just strong. Now, sometimes we as adults, we, you know, we, we, we didn't have that skill. Maybe, maybe something else we were taught, oh. but not that one. And that's where coaching comes into play, mm. where you're able to have this, you know, support system around you, mm. where it's, it's reinforced and it's taught. You learn the mechanics, you learn exactly how to implement it. And it's doable. You know, it, it does take time. I, I, there's this example of this um, a researcher again, and I'm losing his name. But he gives this example, and I find it really fascinating. He goes, you know, you go to the gym, and you want to lose some weight. So maybe you want to lose 10 pounds. And you go there, and you run, and you get on the elliptical, and you jump, and you do all these things. And then you go home, and you take off your clothes, and you get in front of the mirror. And ta-da, nothing. (laughs) There's no change. (laughs) Yet you don't stop. Exactly. Right? and. I've always kept that in my pocket. Yeah. And I and I remind anyone who's willing to listen just to keep that in their pocket that things take time. Yep. Right? And you are you are your greatest investment. Right? You are your greatest investment because if you invest in you and you're a dad then you're going to be a better dad. Mm. And if you invest in you and your friend you're going to be a better friend. And it goes on and on and on. Oh, that's so true. Oh man. Um, it's so true, and it's good to to have that reminder. Um, and it is all we have got the power to make these choices. Mm-hmm. We have got the power to actually stop for a moment and think, okay, right now I could just hang out and watch Netflix or something, or could just yeah. play on my phone, or I could make that phone call. I could write an email. Uh, I could send a text to someone. Um, mm-hmm. Just just put a smile on their face. So don't do it yeah. with with the aim of oh what could this person now give me, but actually um, how can you put a smile on someone's face? And I often do that when I go shopping. I try to engage the, the shopping assistant or whoever is there with a yeah. smile or hold someone's door, etc. And just or I just mm-hmm. smile at someone. Yeah. Um, and sometimes it backfires when they think oh god. Why is it, why is he looking at me? Um, looking and, at? Yeah, that's right, something like that. <laughs> and sometimes it is just you see someone coming out of their darkness and say, "Huh," and it's really just yeah. a, a, a gratitude that you suddenly experience yeah. for yeah. having that simple smile towards someone, and that's mm. so beautiful. So imagine we can do that a little bit more and can do that a yeah. little bit more effective. Um, yeah. Maybe even to those people that we don't like so much. I recently, yeah. I there's always someone that you don't like in your workplace, mm-hmm. and no different with me too. Um, but I made recently uh, a firm decision to actually say uh, hello and good morning, and actually mm. smile at that person, and. Yeah. Initially, that person didn't probably know what to do with that. Uh, and then yeah. uh, then suddenly, uh, yesterday, I met that person in a tea room, and uh, there was actually a true, honest smile coming back from that person. Yeah. And that was, huh. So yeah. I had changed that relationship yeah. by actively pursuing it, by putting mm-hmm. emphasis to it. And it didn't cost me a dime. It didn't cost mm-hmm. me uh, anything. It was a bit scary, maybe, because I had to jump <laughs> over my own shadow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but what could really go wrong when you start doing that? 
Not yeah. much. Not much. Oh. So therefore, these are all all decisions Powerful. we can make. Yeah, exactly. We uh, maybe we are not the victims of our environment. Mm -hmm. But we are actually are movers and shakers of our environment. We can create an environment in which we, uh, which we determine what yeah. who is around us, and therefore what kind of vibe is around us. Yeah, retake your power. Mm -hmm. What are the kind of of tips or tricks you would say to someone who says, "Nah, rubbish." Look at the world. Yeah. The, the, we are near, nah, that's right. We have third world war. Come on, Russia. If yeah. it's not Russia, it's China. And have a look between, I mean, have a look at our society. We are more divisive than ever. Racism is yeah. through the roof. Um, and climate change, damn it. I mean, my, I'm yeah. still wet in my cellar from the last hurricane. Well, okay. <laughs> yeah. You, you can't say that these things are not existing. Yeah. You know, Wow, right? So, so, so real. It's, it's, it's interesting because all those things that you say, they're actually things that take place. There's, there's many individuals I'll work with, and it's often they're in the first few coaching sessions. I mean, they're coming in and they got these big, big goals, and they, they just, they share the reality of the world. And it's mm -hmm. like, yeah, all that's true. <laughs> right. All of that is very true. Right, right now I've got a roof over my head and there's probably somebody across the world that mm. is walking with their kids in the street trying to figure out how to make it work. Mm. And I try to hold space for it. So, so I try to hold space and, and, and sometimes I'll, I'll say things like, let's, and this is a strategy. I said, let's, let's hold space for that. Like we're talking about it, but let's feel what we're talking about. Like I want to I, I be able to do that with you. Let's, let's feel what it's like for that person to not have a roof over their head. And it's almost like taking a moment of silence. And often the individual will look at me and go, hmm, what the hell, what are you doing? Because I'm, I'm, I'm changing their energy. Their energy was high and I'm bringing the energy. I'm bringing it a bit lower, mm. but more to a passionate area focused on this reality they're sharing. Mm. And what I'm trying to do is I'm, I'm really trying to allow them to touch their heart and to touch that heart. And often what takes place is that they shift their reality of what they're sharing. It doesn't go away. They, what they're saying are all valid points, but now they feel. And when you feel you're going into compassion, you're going into love, you're going into consideration, then that often leads to action. Mm -hmm. So then from that point, I may share with them, or is there anything that we can do? Is there anything that you would like to do? And then sometimes that's a direction. So that's, that's another strategy there where we look at, mm -hmm. here is my mentality, or well, the antidote is action. What's, what's the action that we can do? Um, another area of a strategy with that same mentality is I have the paper, the person with me and I go, okay, I want you to put, throw out your, your hands in front of you. So you would put both, both arms in front of you with your palms up, right? So both palms are up. You got your right palm up, you got your left palm up. And then I go, all right, all that stuff you told me, put it on the right palm. How heavy is it? And how does it make you feel? Hmm. And, 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 you know, they're, they're like, what's well, heavy? And I don't feel good. And I go, okay, now it's your life, not mine. You can carry that every single day if you want to. Now, I want you to tell me some positive things and just, you know, just anything. And they'll blur some things out. And then I go, okay, that's on your left hand. How does that feel? 
And they go, it feels much better, right? And, and, and that's, that's the magic that it goes, it feels much better. I go, so what I, what I, what I want you to do is I want you to make a conscious effort. Two items. One is just reflect on that every day. And a small reflection, yeah. it's enough to get them to pause with those thoughts that are not leading them anywhere. And the second part is I, I really try to identify if the individual is actually sharing this, these items with me right? The hurt in the world, the pain, the hurricane, all the water still there because it's really important to them. And I go, you've got all that on your right palm and you're holding it in that hand. But look, man, you're like a waiter with 16 plates. It ain't going to work. Why don't we hold one of those plates? Maybe, maybe the people that are struggling with homeless, why, why don't we focus on that one? And, and let's do something this week. Do you have any extra food in the house? Cans, clothes? Nice. Yeah, I got something. Okay, well, I want you to put that in a bag, make like 10 goodie bags, and then just drive around town, give them out. And we start creating change, right? That makes them feel better. They're tapping into certain chemicals, serotonin, dopamine, and so forth, reducing stress, increasing positive mood. And it's it's beautiful. It's transformational. Uh Wow. That's beautiful because what you're doing, the two beautiful, powerful principles of gratitude and of taking action. Yes. And yeah. both of yeah, them are eye. so, so, so powerful. Exactly. Yeah. If yeah. of the of all the techniques of all the skills I acquired, yeah. these these two is it's scary because these are two out of one of my favorite ones and the most effective ones for me. Effective, yes. There's there are times when in the morning I wake up and I'm half awake <laughs> and I go into the car and yeah, you idiot. And I made a point of of starting. I am happy and grateful. That I've got a car to drive. I'm happy and grateful that it is raining. Therefore, actually, our water reservoirs are filling up. I'm happy and grateful. And so I keep going. And sometimes there's shit that comes out of my mouth. My goodness, I'm happy and grateful that I had a banana this morning. Uh, You know, whatever. But by the time five minutes have passed, it is Mm -hmm. nuts. It just keeps going. And it is beautiful absolutely beautiful it works and exactly so ah life is so beautiful so ah the power of gratitude and the power of i'm so i'm sorry continue no no no, ladies first (laughs) thank you (laughs) here's a (laughs) rubbish here's a here's 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 a (laughs) bit more of like psychology in here research (laughs) yeah when and, and also environment a lot of us are raised in environments that we hear the opposite of that, right? We're raised in this environment. Yeah. People are like, you know, fuck, why is this happening? You know, my boss can't, doesn't give me a raise. You're yeah. always on my ass, blah, 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 blah. So we're a product, product of our environment, yeah, but not a permanent product, right? Like rubber bands, we can bend in different ways. Huh. That's, that's one part. The other is when, when we do that, we, yes, distract ourselves. But on a deep level, if I'm waking up or just throughout the day, focusing on all these things that are going wrong, you start to study me on a deep level and you're probably seeing cortisol levels shot up. Huh. And, and that's stress. And if stress is going up, that means that my circulation is not effective. Uh-huh. So probably, probably some heart palpitations, maybe, maybe, maybe a heart, irregular heartbeat. Mm-hmm. That probably means my sleep is going to be effective. 
that probably means it's stuff I'll think about before I go to sleep. So then I'm probably going to sleep a little bit later. And instead of focusing on what I need to focus on, I'm probably focusing on this. Yeah. And all of those accumulate into symptoms that can get really close to either anxiety or depression. And, and you know, you're going and you're attacking it right away by forcing yourself, right, to go into gratitude. And I, I think that's another strategy to mention here on the podcast right. that discipline. Yeah. Discipline. I look at discipline as this this person in front of me that says, this isn't about how you feel. This is about the action that you need to do. So discipline, as an example, is you wake up and you go, oh, I feel so tired today. Um, I don't want to go to work. And then it becomes a whole 30-minute process. And you know, you still end up at work. <laughs> discipline. The discipline goes, it, it, and it's, it's, you know, it's, it's tough to hear. Because when I first heard this, I was like, I don't know. This one goes, it doesn't matter how you feel right now. Do the action. Yeah. Right. You agree to make your bed every bed, every morning. Make your bed. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And what if, if you find that difficult to hear, here's my heart to yours. Our feelings, our thoughts are very much like waves. A wave goes in and a wave goes out. This too shall pass. Mm. I'm not discrediting or lacking attention to how you feel there's 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 so much in those feelings that can be addressed yeah. more the focus here is on what are the actions that need to be done in the moment to allow you to get closer to that goal that you have hmm. later during the day you can have space to journal on those feelings that you had so hopefully i'm hoping the listeners are able to, to bring that in together make sense of it hmm. Oh, it makes so much sense, uh, but only so much sense to someone who has learned that lesson um, that actually you can very much change your state by yeah. taking action. And I think that yeah. is something that we often forget. Uh, again, there is a oh, poor me, poor me. That is an, a very conscious thing that you're doing. You are allowing that state to to happen to exist yeah. because you have the power to change that state so many mm -hmm. people don't um don't realize that tony yeah. robbins actually does it very well he is a yeah. i mean everyone probably knows about him mm -hmm. i mean one of the major gurus there and what he often actually says is i want you to stand up and everyone who has ever been to a Tony Robbins or have seen him in life is power. And he is, he, is, he is influencing people by actually changing their state. And what he yeah. does is, for example, he says, okay, okay, you're depressed. That's actually quite an, 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 an a hard thing to do. What do you have to do to be depressed? Well, you have to, to slouch your shoulders, put yeah. your head down, and, and talk really quietly and breathe shallowly and... and and if you do that for a little while, that you probably your mood will sink. Or you yeah. can take a hero stance, mm -hmm. stand up, and have a, the biggest, strangest smile on your face. Look yeah. up. Ah. And, it, and he makes yeah. people do that. And when you actually do yeah, it, yeah. it's really hard to be depressed. It's really it works. So yeah. You yeah. change your state, literally. Mm -hmm. Now, you can learn to do that. You can learn to deal with anxiety through breathing exercises or through, through a certain mindfulness yeah. stages that you go through. Yeah. And you can, and the more you practice that, the faster you can be. So nowadays, I can actually reduce anxiety level with one 
deep breath with one proper breath because yeah. I've primed myself to actually be able to do so. Um, the same with with low moods. Um, yeah. yeah, exactly. So you can change, and these are all skills you can learn. So again, you're no longer the victim. You're actually now a survivor. And very soon, mm. you become a thriver because you yeah. actually think, wow, this is such good shit. I might as well keep going. And what else is, exactly. can it, is there that I can learn and that I can expand, etc.? Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, I, I love it, Juan. It, uh, the, those, those key messages that you're bringing across are so powerful. And they are actually, they are, they're probably things that I needed to hear today because listening to you and and uh, the feelings that washed over me uh, sometimes a little bit of shame and guilt for not maintaining the relationships uh, that I've got where I felt oh no I'm too busy to make that call or I'm mm. too I don't know too tired to meet someone for a coffee what am I missing out uh, by actually not investing those five minutes and it's often only yeah. five minutes. It's only one gesture that can be so traumatic. And sometimes yeah. it can be one text that saves another person's life, literally. Absolutely. Because they, yeah. had, they had lost all hope. And by yeah. you suddenly saying, hey, hope you're doing fine, just thinking of you. Uh, yeah. This can be so powerful. Wow. Uh, Juan, if people gel with you and people say wow this dude have really they they want to walk with you a little bit on that path where can they find you yeah you're you're welcome to find me um websites easiest way uh, that's uh juan b santos um as well as on if you're on social media yeah. in europe that way um instagram you can find me on there at dr juan santos and so the doctor right now it's dr and then juan santos Beautiful. Guys, look down there into the description of the YouTube video and of the podcast. Uh, Juan's uh, social media details are there. Guys, what have you got to lose? Hey, uh, that is, uh, you have got a hell of a lot of things to win because uh, to, yeah. or to gain, shall I say, there is there is a beautiful life waiting for you. Now, this, this is not the Barbie movie where everything is pink and everyone is happy and everything is all right. No, <laughs> shit will continue. The world will still be a shit place to be in. As, but you are probably becoming a different person living in that world. And you are probably becoming a, a person who is willing to change this world. One little action, oh. one little smile, one little, one little project at the time and if we were all to do that hmm i think this world would be a better place don't oh, you think so wonderful <laughs> ripple effect <laughs> exactly juan thank you so much for being a guest on my show you really really made thank me you. think today you you actually changed my day for the better and for that i'm very very grateful it's been a pleasure and honor. Thank you for allowing me to be here to share space with you and your audience. Cool. And you guys out there, look after yourself and live with passion. Bye. I never give up. I never give up. I never give up. Turn around.